Hey everybody, my name is Chris McDaniel, the lead pastor here at Trinity, and thank you for joining our podcast. During the seasons of Lent and now Easter, we've been posting a weekly reflection uh, to sort of advance the themes that we're unpacking in our church services. And this week, we've been looking at Revelation chapter 3, which has some very familiar language. And my purpose today after I read and pray will not be to re-preach a sermon or to preach a different kind of sermon. I I really want to invite you into a, a reflection. I hope you'll do a little research, actually, after we listen to this podcast together and go and find the image that I'm going to share. But but first, let me pray, and then we'll read, and then we're just going to jump in. Verse 14 of Revelation 3, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. To the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray in this Easter season that you would help us to live into the great 50 days, Lord. I pray that we would not see Easter now as something that's in our rearview mirror, but rather a season in which we're meant to fully engage uh, for an extended period of time. So help us to do just that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all, the great 50 days, um, Easter is our season. It's Um, the high watermark of the church year. And I I just want to say, I think we've probably got this wrong as Christians uh, in the West. I know Um, we tend to think of Holy Week as our, our, um, our high point, um, which Holy Week is so important. We, or, or Christmas also so important, but the empty tomb is our high watermark. It's the symbol of Christianity. Um, The symbol of our faith is not a cross, Um, It's not a nativity scene. It's an empty tomb. And because of that, the church has declared that we would spend 50 days thinking about the resurrection. Easter is greater than Lent in every respect. During Lent, we let go of things. During Easter, we engage. Uh, We fast in one. We feast in the other. Lent is 40 days. Easter is 50. And so I just want to say to you that if you feel late to the party, maybe you've moved on from from Easter and thought, well, that's over. And now we're just kind of waiting for the the world to get back to normal. I just want to say it's not too late to jump in. In my own personal devotional life right now, I'm reading Surprised by Hope by the Bishop N.T. Wright. I would encourage you uh, to pick it up. It's not too late to, to pick that book up and to read it um, through to carry you through to the end of the Easter season. Y'all, we have a lot of work to do to think clear and true thoughts about the resurrection. And I think we have a lot of work to do to live as if the resurrection is really true. So today, what I want to do um, is I want to talk to you about a painting that 
Um, I've, I've had the privilege to see an original of this painting. Um, Holman Hunt painted a, a painting, a giant one, actually. There are a couple of copies of it, but one specifically is in St. Paul's Cathedral, which is one of my favorite places on the planet in city center London. And this painting is called The Light of the World, and it's a, a depiction of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. And I would encourage you, if you've never seen this painting, to go and find it. And, and I don't commend it to you because I particularly think that the art is just magnificent, perfect, beautiful. I actually probably prefer a different style of painting. I commend this painting to you because Holman um, Hunt was depicting what he believed was going on in the soul and how Jesus comes to us. And so if you go and Google this image, um, you'll see it. And if you're ever in London, I hope you'll go to um, St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, regardless, it's an, a remarkable place, but I hope you'll go and stand before Hunt's depiction, Light of the World, and contemplate, meditate as you look at it. So in the painting, Jesus is standing at night, and he has a lantern in his hand, and it's dark, and he is hand-extended, knocking on a door. But the door is overgrown with briar and bramble. It is a wild place, a neglected place. And after Hunt published his painting, there were some who critiqued it and said he made a mistake. And they said he made a mistake. He didn't put a doorknob on the door. How could someone paint such a painting and forget to put a doorknob? And Holman Hunt said, I left the doorknob off on purpose because the only way to open the door is from the inside i.e. Jesus can't just knock on the door and then turn the knob and enter into a life. He has to be invited in. And I think as we think about the resurrected Jesus, and maybe more particularly, we think about how we're meant to live our lives in light of the resurrection. I think it's really helpful for us to consider this. Jesus is knocking as the fully resurrected son of God is knocking at the door of your life and mine. And the only way for him to gain a deep and abiding access as if we will invite him in. And so I want to challenge you during this Easter season to find intentional ways to welcome Jesus, to invite him in. And I'm not talking about salvation here. Many of you listening to me are, are Christian. I'm speaking to you specifically about ways that we would welcome him into the rhythm of our life. How would we invite Jesus in in order to be with us, to fellowship with us, one of the ways that I do this is every morning I hold my Bible in my lap and I welcome the Lord. I, I invite him in prayer and reading and contemplation to come close to me and to shape my life, not just get me saved and get me to heaven, but to actually come into my space. When you read the Gospels, you see time and time again, Jesus was looking for entry into people's intimate space. I think specifically of his miracle in the Gospels where he's walking on the water and the disciples are in their boat, they're in their intimate space, and they're struggling against a, an adversarial wind, and Jesus wanted to be invited into the boat. This is similar to Hunt's painting or this depiction in Revelation 3. Jesus knocks at the door of your intimate space, and he wants access, but he will not crash your party. He wants us to invite him. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us wisdom and insight that we would know better how to invite you, how to welcome you into our space. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.